everybody, how's it going? You're listening to another edition of Power 5 Sports Podcast. Alongside Alex Maxwell, I'm Jake Gorowitz. It's Friday, November 23rd, and we're here in the studio to bring you episode 60. First and foremost, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. At this time of year, we have so much to be thankful for, and we want you guys to know how much you mean to us. As we continue to grow and expand Power 5, please know that your support does not go unnoticed. Whether it's tuning in on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, or even checking us out on social media, we are truly grateful for your support. We have a beauty of a show planned for you today, and as you know, both the NFL and college football playoff pictures are starting to heat up, and we are pumped. How about Week 11's Monday Night Football game, the Kansas City Chiefs, go to LA to play the Rams. That was supposed to be in Mexico City, but there was all those problems with the field. But that was a game. That was a game. That was Argu- a hell of a game. Arguably like the best game of the century, at for sure the decade. I mean, it lived up to every single ounce of the hype it had. 54 to 51. You don't see this often in an NFL type matchup, especially with well the the Rams defense is really good. The Chiefs isn't as good, but the Rams, Aaron Donald and Nadam Kinsu and company, it's t- it's surprising that they gave up 51, but it's not surprising at the same time because you got a guy like Pat Mahomes who threw for how many yards? Uh, 478, six touchdowns. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's insane. He's a he's a second year guy, and he's playing like he's a NFL ten time Pro Bowl veteran. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a game with fireworks. We have it right in front of us. This matchup, I mean, these are, this could be the Super Bowl matchup. That easily could be. I mean, both teams, I mean, throw in New Orleans. We'll talk about them later. Um, but yeah, these teams are loaded. Kareem Hunt had a very good day. Um, but the guy that you got to talk about, the two wide receivers, um, the two receiving guys that we got to talk about, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, 10 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. If you had him on your fantasy team, that's a good day. Uh, yeah, can I just uh, add a little side note? I was going against Tyreek Hill um, last week, and I was up by 32 points going into Monday night. <laughs> um, I had nobody playing. I was against Tyreek Hill and Todd Gurley. That you know, I was I was out. feeling a little confident yeah. when Todd Gurley got off to a slow start, but then Tyreek Hill yeah. uh, Nail in the just, coffin. Yeah, he went off. He's he's explosive. He is electric. And then also, Travis Kelsey Best had a very tight good end day. In the game. Also, you can't forget about Chris Conley. Well, Travis Kelsey had ten catches for 127 yards, and then with a touchdown, Chris Conley had seven catches for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Kind of a breakout game for him. Uh, Kareem Hunt also had a very good day at the receiving position. But yeah, so Kansas City, without a, not surprisingly was lighting it up on the offensive side of the ball. And they still lost. And they still lost. 51 points should be enough to beat any NFL team at any given time. And they still lost. Uh, L.A., Jared Goff threw for 413 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. The no turnovers, that's what stands out to me. In a high-scoring game like that, Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't turn the ball over, and he threw three three interceptions, fumbled a couple times. Just before we get into the offensive stats for the Rams, how about their defense turning turnovers into points? That's what you got to do. You got to capitalize in certain situations of the game, and the Rams did that, and that's probably a good reason why they won. 
Uh, the rushing game wasn't as it normally is. Todd Gurley had 55 yards and a total combination of 76 yards on the team. But they they didn't feed. They, they didn't, didn't need to feed him the rock that they much. They really didn't. But I mean, I don't know if they had 12 carries isn't enough for a workhorse like that. I'd like to see them. They'll definitely give it to him more. Um, Jared Goff's my quarterback in fantasy, so I'm not really complaining <laughs> by any means. Um, I think it's all about game flow. It is. It is. It depends on what scheme the defense is running. Uh, like you said, the game flow, what you're up by, how much you're down by, it's how you're feeling. It's a, but it's I, all but I'm back. surprised to a certain extent that Todd Gurley didn't get the ball more because Cooper Cup is out. He's out for the and, whole year. I mean, yeah. That's one less target that Jared Goff has at his disposal. Yeah. Um, you got to look at the receiving core for the Rams. Brandon Cooks had a solid day. Eight catches, 107 yards, no touchdowns. Josh Reynolds had a good day. Yeah, he he's stepping up in Cup's it seems like, absence. Yeah, it seems like week every week since Cooper's been out, he's been solid. Uh, Rob Woods had a touchdown, and then Gerald Everett uh, had two touchdowns. So Jared Goff found some new guys, some new faces in the back of the end zone. And that so. Gerald Everett, uh, the second of his touchdowns, was that long 40-yarder to really ice the game. That was clutch. That was clutch. That was a beautiful game uh through and through so yeah i mean it was just a very exciting game even if you're not a fan of football you just turn it on and you see two teams are in the 50s that's exciting to watch but true football fans understand that was a great offensive football game that we just watched mixed with some defensive you know plays but definitely an offensive uh shootout but what about thanksgiving thanksgiving the classic teams, the Lions and the Cowboys are on every year. Uh, the Lions usually not so successful on Thanksgiving, and that didn't change as they lost to the Bears 23-16. to uh, that, was, that was tough to watch yeah, as a Lions fan. Well, I, I was at the game, and it was... Um, <laughs> it's not pretty. It was brutal, to be honest. The game, it, in my opinion, it was sluggish mm-hmm. both, both ways. Obviously, the Bears were without Mitchell Trubisky. Chase Daniel was the first start in what, like six years? Yeah, holy smokes! The man comes out of nowhere and absolutely he torches. He had a very good The game. Lions' defense on a couple very plays. Very efficient. Um, Legarrette Blunt got got some work mm-hmm. in there with 19 carries. He's a power horse. Two touchdowns. I mean, workhorse. You you get this. You get this guy in the red zone, and yeah. uh, that's a wrap. I think Matt Stafford definitely didn't have his best game by any means. But I would just like he to point terrible. out, he was terrible. That pick six he had to Eddie Jackson was atrocious. But I would like to point out, that last pick of the game, I wouldn't say it's mostly his fault. No, that was Michael, Michael Roberts. Roberts. He didn't run the right he didn't, route. He didn't run the right route. He gave no effort to it. And, you know, he might get cut soon, specifically. And he dropped the ball in the back of the end zone. It went right off his dome. I mean, do you remember that? It was. It was a- I, I'd give him the snips right then and there. I mean... It's tough. The Lions, yeah, that pick six that Stafford threw. No effort, and it was a terrible route, and Matt Stafford has pressure coming well, at him at his face at all times. The, the pick six, there's no excuse that for that. Yeah. Um, you have to read the defense. You can't put that yeah. on the receiver. Eddie, Eddie Jackson cut that easy. But um, the the interception, I mean, what was there? A, a minute left in the game. You're sitting on the Bears' what eight-yard yeah, line, maybe? Yeah. Stafford, you have to come up and make a play. Yeah, I mean, that that's tough. I, the receiving, Kenny Galladay is now the guy. No no more Marvin Jones for for this week. He'll for be back. Week. Yeah, yeah. He'll be back against the Rams in week 13, I still, hopefully. I still think the way things are trending, Kenny Galladay is turning into the number one. I really believe that. 
I think it's a mixture between he and Marvin Jones pretty much at this point because Golden Tate's obviously out. But we Boy, gotta, they could they could really use them. Yeah, Chicago is just trending up right now. Eight and three, outstanding defense. Most this defense turn makes the most forces the most turnovers, and they are very effective and very efficient off their turnovers. Led by Khalil Mack. I mean, that dude is, in my opinion, I think he's the best player in the NFL right now. What the Chicago Bears are doing at this time, it's freakish. It, it's special. Three NFC North victories in a 12-day span. Have they, won, have they won five in a row? I think, yeah, it, it has been five in a row. I mean... And they've been hot. And, and they're very impressive. Tariq Cohen is very shifty and elusive. And Jordan Howard hasn't been solid as he has been, you know, in the years past. But he's been okay. He hasn't been as good, but he's been okay. So I guess they're living with it. I mean, the Bears, they look really good. No, it's looking like this is the Bears' year in terms of the division standings. This would be their first division title since 2010. And when you look ahead to the rest of their schedule, they only have two games left against teams with winning records. Yeah, it's... So (laughs) this is really the Bears' division to lose at this point. How about the Cowboys-Redskins game? That... It was close for a while, but Amari Cooper, have a day. My man, Amari Cooper, eight receptions, 180 yards, two tutties. Dak Prescott, he's been putting in the work lately, Mm -hmm. and Zeke Elliott, you got to feed him. Yeah, I think Dak Prescott, the best way to describe him is he's a gamer. You know, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. He missed some throws yesterday that you just got to make, but he knows how to manage a team. He knows how to kind of work it, you know, mix in Zeke Elliott with Amari Cooper. He finds the right guys at the right times. Credit to him. Uh, He had a good game. Zeke Elliott also was a workhorse yesterday. And like you said, Amari Cooper, eight catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. That is a monster day by any means. Loaded. That loaded Amari Cooper is filthy. And you know what Amari Cooper said, which which I'm a really big fan of, of this comment. He said that he's trying to prove the Cowboys right, not the Raiders wrong. Oh, I, I like that. that. I like that's that classy. a lot too. That's really taking the high road there mm. because you know there was a lot of you know kind of beef brewing over there in Oakland, and Amari Cooper got out of that situation. Yeah. And what he's been able to do for the Cowboys offense is remarkable. The way that he's been able to spread the offense, make it a little less predictable for opposing defenses, and you really see that. In Zeke Elliott's game, in terms of fantasy, he's gone 30-plus, 30-plus, and yesterday he put up 25. Yeah, I mean, he's just been trending up. The Redskins, I'm they, they, they hung in there. I'm scared for the Redskins because you just lost Alex Smith, yeah. your guy. And Alex Smith is similar to Dallas, or, um, Dak Prescott. He's a gamer. And now you just lost that. And Colt McCoy had three interceptions yesterday, and he's iffy. So I'm really worried about the future of the Washington Redskins. But what about Falcons and the Saints? The Saints are arguably the number one team in the NFL. They're looking like a Super Bowl favorite right now. Vegas loves them. Uh, They just took care of business. That's the best way to describe it. Drew Brees is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Probably is. MVP candidate. He's he's 40 years old. He's got to be the odds-on favorite at this point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's aging... He's getting better with age. I mean, that's incredible. Like a fine wine, as fine LeBron wine. says. <laughs> yeah, that's a good saying. 
Uh, Drew Brees, four touchdowns for not that many yards, 171. Doesn't he was need incredibly to. effective. Alvin Kamara didn't have his normal uh, blowout game. He had a good game. Mark Ingram did okay, but we got to talk about the volume that everybody got. A lot of different guys caught balls. Well, and that's the answer. If you're wondering why your Alvin Kamara's and Mark Ingram's, Michael Thomas's didn't have the usual games that they have, that's that's the reason. It's Drew Brees spreading the ball around. Who in the world is Dan Arnold, and why is he catching <laughs> four for 45 and a touchdown? Tommy Lee Lewis breaks out for a 28-yard touchdown. Austin Carr is getting in the mix here. Ben Watson is targeted a handful of times. And Taysom Hill, when he comes... I mean, we've talked about him and his versatility on previous shows. When he comes into the game, you it's know, in, he's weird. taking it. Yeah, he's he taking the ball. He is not handing it off to anybody. They I don't know how perfect. defenses haven't learned to stop him, but he is a force to be reckoned with. I love how they use him just in certain situations, like a fourth and one. They'll just power him in for the first down. Uh, how about the Atlanta Falcons? Matt Ryan. They looked ugly, they, honestly. I don't really like the... They, Matt Ryan had the most rushing yards on the team. You heard that right. He had 16 yards. You can't have that. And then Julio, it seems like Julio... Julio had a Julio-type game. Calvin Ridley had a pretty good game. Mohamed Sanu had a decent game. Austin Hooper was okay. Ah, the Falcons are... They're up in the air right now. Turnovers. All right, Matt Ryan absolutely gets blown up in the backfield on multiple occasions. Julio Jones, right before the half, I mean, he he got, his world got rocked. He got tossed right around midfield, fumbles the ball, lost it. Saints take a knee, uh, take the game to halftime. And Calvin Ridley, he messed up big time in the clutch. Couple minutes left. Matt Ryan hits Calvin Ridley right on the money. Calvin Ridley gets to about the two, the three-yard line, coughs the ball up, and there's your ball game, folks. Um, if the, I mean, the Falcons are sitting here at four and seven. Um, I don't know if you can go as far as saying that all hope is lost, but when you're in a division with the ten and one Saints, um, I'd call that a day. <laughs> Excellently put. All right, moving on to the playoff picture. A lot of teams are doing really well this year. 10-1 and Saints. They're loaded. They're filthy. We just got into them. They're going to win the NFC South. That's just look. That's just how it's looking. No doubt about it. What about the LA Rams? Also 10-1. and Filthy, high-flying offense. They're on a bye this week, and the Rams can still clinch the NFC West on Sunday <laughs> if the Seattle Seahawks lose when they travel to Carolina to play the Panthers. That's when you know you're winning. Yeah. The Bears, 8-3, and three, trending up. Mitch Trubisky is the real deal. Defense is forming at the right time. Khalil Mack is a tank. They're filthy. Cowboys, they've won a few. In, they've, they've looked solid. They've been hot. Three in a row. As of late, three very good wins. I don't like the Cowboys, but I, I think th- I respect what they're doing. They're a good team. Six and five. I think they're going to win their division. I mean... It's looking like it. No, the Cowboys, they have a tough game against the Saints um, coming up here, but the Redskins continue to head in the wrong direction. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles. They're hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Their performance against the Saints. And the Giants, I don't care who the you're Giants playing. 
Uh, yeah, the Eagles aren't very good this year. The Giants, they just dug themselves too deep of a hole They're early tanking. in the season. I mean, even even before the year started, we talked about that first seven-game stretch for the New York Giants, and that's a tough hurdle to get over. And they haven't gotten over it. <laughs> exactly. Wild card, the Carolina Panthers and the Minnesota Vikings, two, mm. ga- uh, two teams that are in the mix, probably not going to win their divisions, definitely not going to win their divisions. But they still could make some noise. Come, come playoff time, they're exactly. a hard out. Yeah, I think the Vikings, especially, they have an odd record, 5-4-1. They are a physical team, a team that plays anybody close at any time. I think the Vikings could honestly beat anybody, but I feel like they could lose to a lot of teams as well that they don't, you know what I mean? I feel like they're there in many aspects of their game, but there's just little holes here and there that affect them from being elite. Right. You play the Packers in week 12, then you go at New England, at Seattle. If the Vikings are over 500, that's a win. Come, you know, after, after these three games, that's a win. Yeah. That is super tough competition you got coming up. So yeah, those are some of the wild card teams. Is there um oh the AFC. Kansas City, nine and two. They just came off a tough L, but they're gonna bounce you know they're gonna bounce right back and Pat Mahomes is gonna light things up. Uh, especially when you play the Oakland Raiders twice oh my in, gosh. Uh, in a five game stretch. The Chiefs, they're definitely looking for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been cold. They 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 had they started off cold, and we were hating on them. But look at them. They've bounced back hard. No Le'Veon, no problem. Big Ben, A.B., Juju. That's a great trio you got there. I like the way the Steelers have been playing. I, I got to be honest. I think they look solid all around. They've been hot as of late. And I like, you know... I like what they they play the Broncos next. I think they're going to be good, and I think they're going to win their division, possibly. It's not going to be easy, I'll I'll tell you that much. Broncos, anytime that you go to the Mile High City, um, that's not an easy game. Then you play the Chargers and Patriots at home. Heinz Field will be rocking for those games. Mm -hmm. And then you travel to New Orleans. Pittsburgh Steelers, they need to keep the momentum rolling. Uh, every phase of the ball is going in their way. Seems like it. Right now, they just have to continue that. The Patriots, I mean, they're here once again. Zero surprises. Tom Brady has been up and down a little bit. Maybe not the Tom Brady that we've, we've seen in the past, but I don't think anyone's really surprised by this. Uh, Gronk has been solid, but they've been they've been pretty good. They've, they've gotten... They'll, one week, they'll beat the Chiefs, and then the next week they lose to the Titans by like thirty or the Lions or the Lions. I mean, it's just it's interesting, very interesting. The Patriots, they're fluctuating too much right now. They need to be more consistent, but I still like their chances of yeah. going far. Josh Gordon will be an X factor. Has to be, and they play the Jets coming up. Houston Texans, they've been very hot, scorching hot as of late. Uh, they play the Titans next. The defense has really stepped up. Deshaun Watson seemed to got more comfortable, and especially you got Demarius Thomas now. They haven't even been using him. I know, but they're going to in the in the future. I I can't wait to see what they got. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Will Fuller's out. Um, Lamar Miller, I like the way Kiki Cutie. <laughs> yeah, 
I think the Texans are going to be solid. I like Tyron Matthew and J.J. Watt. The Chargers have been pretty good, too. What do you think about them? Chargers, I mean, they, they missed on an opportunity to uh, really put the clamps down on the Chiefs. Um, that that was an ugly loss against the Broncos yeah. the other week. Um, not really much of a chance to win the division, but... Wild card, maybe? Defi- definitely wild card. Um, Melvin's been... I mean, everything we thought he would be. Melvin Gordon is sweet. Um, Keenan Allen just racks up the targets from, uh, excuse me, from Philip Rivers. And you know what? I have my eyes um, peeled at. Let's hear it. The return of Hunter Henry. I don't know hmm. what his injury status is, but if there's any chance that they can get him back for uh for the postseason run, that would be something to keep an eye on. The Chargers are in a perfect position to make the postseason. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. The Ravens, they seem to be at a fork in the road right now. Are they going to go with Lamar Jackson, or are they going to go with Joe Flacco? Lamar Jackson just had 100 yards rushing, 100 yards passing, and a touchdown. Where are they going to go from here? Are they going to roll with Lamar or Joe? Honestly, I'd roll with Lamar Jackson. I like the way he's been. He's been really dynamic, and I like the way the Ravens seem to have more ability to score points with him in the game. That's what you got. Yeah, uh, he he brings a different element to the game that really no other teams um a, a, a small number of other teams have but I have a question for the Ravens. Can you choose between Alex Collins and Gus Edwards because I have both of them on my fantasy team <laughs> and I really need to figure out who to put in my flex because Gus Edwards just had himself an afternoon last week with Lamar Jackson, but Alex Collins started out the game with a touchdown. So uh, make if up somebody, your mind, John Harbaugh. Yeah, if somebody in the front office could give me a call, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> probably not going to happen, but uh, I'll keep. I'll keep. That'd tuning be lovely. In. That'd be lovely. That's that's what we got. I would appreciate that yeah, personally. Yeah. Okay, so that's that seems to be it for the NFL. Moving on to rivalry week. In college football, we got to talk. When you're talking about rivalry, you got to talk about the game Michigan versus Ohio State, number four versus number 10. Playoff implications are on the line here. Michigan at number four, Michigan or Ohio State at number 10. I'm assuming if Ohio State were to knock off Michigan, they would be right in that playoff spot. But the big blue aren't going to let that happen. Huge game. Jim Harbaugh has so much on the line. There's so much going on here. I I'm so excited. I know you are as well. There's there's promise. Both teams are guaranteeing wins on both sides. So someone's gonna be made fun of in Twitter afterwards. What are we seeing here? Michigan's Michigan beef. Michigan's defense is angry. They're ready to go. Jake, floor is yours. Oh my gosh! This Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, the boys from Ann Arbor, are going down to Columbus to play in the horseshoe against the Buckeyes. This is going to be a special game. Ohio State really has not looked good. At whatsoever. Maryland took them down to the wire. If Maryland, if Maryland's quarterback completes that two-point oh, conversion at the end of the game, Ohio State's open. out of the picture. They absolutely got destroyed by Purdue. Uh, they looked awful okay. in that game. Their red zone efficiency was terrible. They gave up the big play. 
um, on multiple occasions to Purdue's offense. Mm-hmm. But Michigan, they didn't look all that great against Indiana last week. A w- I, know you, a- I know you have some stats that you want to throw at the folks. Yeah, let me just talk about some of the eye test factors first. Um, Ohio State's rush running game has not been good whatsoever. Dwayne Haskins has thrown way too much. They haven't really figured – he hasn't been comfortable yet. Uh, Michigan's defense has been outstanding. Shea Patterson's more comfortable week after week. But let me throw you some stats. Michigan's total defense yards per game is number one in the country, 234 yards a game. Their passing defense, 123 yards a game. That's also first in the country. So if you can eliminate Dwayne Haskins somehow or make him less effective, make sh- give it to Mike Weber or J.K. Dobbins. They have not been good this year. Chase Winovich, hopefully he's healthy. Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush will shut you down. Let me talk about Michigan's offense. Uh, not as you know glamorous, the stats, but they're very good. Karan Higdon leading the rushing uh, with 219 yards a game, 23rd in the country. And they've been scoring about 36 points a game, which is very good. And they've just been really solid. And week after week, they seem to be more comfortable. And I really like the way things are trending. And Michigan has been a, is a favorite for the first time in Columbus in like 50 plus years. Forever. It's been forever. Michigan, Ohio State has won, what, 15 out of the last 16 games. Urban Meyer's undefeated. I think this is going to change. I really do. I think Michigan's going to win, and I think they're going to be, I think it's going to be clear who the better team is. Flip the script. Yeah. When Ohio State has the ball, here's the bottom line. Dwayne Haskins, we are more than aware of his accuracy, his field vision. It's all at a level of NFL talent. For sure. When Michigan brings the pressure and the gaps close and the rushing lanes are limited, Ohio State will become one-dimensional, and they will slip up. I guarantee you that. You see, the ground game for Ohio State, you have J.K. Dobbins, you have Mike Weber. Those are all great um, weapons to have. But when you have the number two ranked pass offense in the nation, you're not utilizing those guys to their maximum potential. And when Michigan brings the heat, Ohio State will crumble. I would not be surprised to see Ohio State bring in their backup, Tate Martell, in running situations. That's a great point. To bring some, oh, a different look to the field and really try to catch Michigan's defense off guard. But when you have the secondary that Michigan does, the pass rush that Michigan has, I think Ohio State will shy away. It really changes your perspective and your game plan. You have to go to plan B instantly, it seems like. That's a great point, pointing out Tate Martell. They did that against Michigan State. It brings more of that Urban Meyer-type offensive scheme in there, which is a running game. And Ohio State does not have a running game right now. They throw way too much. Michigan is going to put them in uncomfortable positions. I'm going to say Michigan wins 31-24. to But it's a very comfortable 31-24. to Michigan dominates the game in the trenches. Give me the maize and blue. Ohio State, they, they tried to utilize... Dwayne Haskins in the running game last week against Maryland. I don't think it'll work. I think um, the players on Michigan's D-line are, quite honestly, just too quick. Too I, quick. And I think Michigan is depth. 
is so much greater than it was in years in the past. I think Michigan's defensive line is filthy. Obviously, we talked about Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, those guys. But look at Quiddy Pay, Michael Dwenfor. Uh, those guys are fast and quick, fast and furious. Fast and furious. Kalik Hudson, Devin Bush. Devin Bush is the best defensive player in America. Uh, David Long, Lavert Hill, Josh Metellus, Tyree Cannell. That's just a filthy and loaded defense. Jake Moody, the kicker, 6-for-6 six six last week. Will he continue to be ice cold in Columbus? I think he will. That dude has nerves of steel. He's got ice in his veins. He's got ice in his veins. You know, Ohio State's kicker choked a lot in a few years ago, so hopefully that doesn't happen to Jake Moody. I know it won't. Michigan's offense... Ohio State's defense, led by coordinator Greg Schiano, they are not looking great. Like I mentioned earlier, Purdue, they really uh, got some mismatches going, and they torched Ohio State's defense for 539 yards earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was a lopsided victory for the Boilermakers. Yeah. I expect Michigan to do the same. Ohio State's defense allows almost about six yards per play. Oh. And here, here's a stat. Worst in the Big Ten, 35 plays of 30 or more yards oh on gosh. first and second down. Michigan, if they open up the field and start taking shots, Ohio State's defense, I'm not sure what we'll see from them. They're without Nick Bosa. Chase Young is for real, though. He is. He is for real. Draymond Jones is also a solid defensive player as well. But as a whole, they're not what they used to be. And I, I really am not threatened by what they have to bring. I think Karan Higdon, I think if they just pound the run game on them, that's just going to beat you down physically and mentally. So if Michigan can beat you down with the run game, that'll be huge. And then air it out to Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black. Get, shut it down. Uh, not to mention Maryland's 339 rushing yards last yeah. week against Ohio State. Here's something to look out for. If Michigan's tight ends can get the matchups that they want, Zach Gentry is a big target, and I think Shea Patterson could find him in the red zone. I think so, too. He's huge. He's 6'8". Uh, Sean McCune's another guy you could look out for. Nick Eubanks also. Nick Eubanks. It was his birthday a couple days ago. (laughs) He also found the end zone against uh, Indiana last week. But the main offensive guys you got to look out for in the receiving duo, or trio, I should say, Donovan Peoples Jones, Nico Collins, and Tariq Black. Watch out for those three guys. Those are beasts. Uh, You know, I think Michigan has just looked really solid since Notre Dame. They've just gotten clearly better week after week. So. Yeah. What do we got on Chase Winovich? Hopefully he is healthy, but every play, it seems like both sides of the defensive line, Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary, they just, they almost hit each other. They're is he, running is so- he going to play? Well, what's the word? Do we do we know? You were at that game against I was, Indiana. I was. It was. Tell the listeners about the atmosphere. Well, it was, it was crazy. When Chase Winovich was down, everyone was chanting his name. I've never heard anyone like it, anything like it. It was 100,000 plus chanting Chase Winovich. And... You know, the, the Indiana O-lineman made a cheap play and just lowered his shoulder on him and hurt his collarbone. But the x-rays did come back negative. Hopefully Chase Winovich can be healthy. You know he's going to do everything in his power to be healthy. But 
talking about Chase Winovich on the field, he and Rashawn Gary on both ends of the D-line are outstanding. They crash. They make they ruin everything. That's what they do. Even if they don't get a sack home or a tackle for loss, they ruin everything. They play their position beautifully. They're amazing, both of them. Michigan's defense is just incredible. I know we're being incredibly biased and big homers on them, but it's the truth. They look outstanding. I think oh, I think it's just amazing the way they've been looking, and hopefully they can continue this throughout the year. Ohio State's biggest advantage is playing at home. It's the it's home a, field. It's a ferocious crowd. If Michigan, if I was Jim Harbaugh, and I think he he must be thinking the same thing, I I would assume that many Michigan fans would hope for this. If Michigan wins the toss, I'm thinking they want the ball early and often, score, really pounce on the Buckeyes' defense, make them comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Michigan gets an early lead. They take away that home that home crowd this is the ultimate test for Michigan this is the last stop on the revenge tour it is it's not going to be easy it's it's never going to be easy this is this is the game it is and i think we forgot to mention some great players on ohio state uh paris hilton is or paris campbell i just said paris hilton paris campbell is amazing <laughs> He is so good. He's a quick, dynamic wide receiver. That's my X factor for the Buckeyes. Paris Campbell and Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins, along with, obviously, Dwayne Haskins. But I think Ohio State has a lot more talent than people are giving them credit for, but they haven't seemed to put it together week by week. I, I understand You know, we've been loving on Michigan for the last, what, 10 minutes, but Ohio State does have a lot of talent there. There's a reason... There's a reason they're ten and one, and they haven't looked good in many games so far, and you know th- that's saying a lot that they're still in it. Exactly. I mean, and you take into account another close game against Nebraska. That was mm-hmm. a single-digit game at halftime, and going in to the second half. Yeah, but a W is a W. This but... Ohio State team. How many other teams could be in the same position with the amount of distractions that right. they've had? And I mean. It the it goes down the line, um, but it all starts with Urban Meyer. You you see him on the sideline; he doesn't look the same. He no. looks absolutely tired, exhausted. He looks stressed out, and I think though there are some legitimate health concerns surrounding Meyer, but that that just circles back around to show that this Ohio State team you can't mess around with them. No, they're too talented to take them for granted. If one could say that. Michigan, you score early and then you let your defense go to work and you put the pressure on the Buckeyes. That's the goal at the end of the day. Well, you put the pressure on early. You you do the work early in the game. You get yourself some cushion, um, some padding on the scoreboard. Yeah. And this could be a Wolverines victory in Columbus. Yeah. That's it for the game. We're going to just touch on some other matchups in this rivalry week. We got to talk about the Apple Cup, Washington versus Washington State. If Washington State wins and then someone slips up ahead of them, they could be in the playoff. I mean, they got to win, though. Well, this gets... Gardner Minshew has been amazing. He's another Heisman candidate. You mm-hmm. can't sleep on him. If Washington State, they go to 11-1, they make this conversation real interesting. Um, there's so... 
there's still so many scenarios. You you backtrack to our episode a couple weeks ago when we talked with when we had Lucas on the show and we talked about all of the different playoff um, scenarios and who's in contention and who's out of the picture. We had a couple handfuls of teams in the talk then, and we've really narrowed it down, but still, you have a Washington State victory this week. They've got to be in contention. Oklahoma wins a big game against West Virginia this week. I mean, if they lose, they're out of it, obviously. Georgia against Alabama. What are we going to do if Georgia upsets Bama? You have the Iron Bowl this week. Mm -hmm. Bama against Auburn. You never know. How about the kick six a while ago? And Ohio State, just to just to go back to that game, if what if they beat Michigan? Then they're in that conversation as well. Also, one more, I don't know if you're going to say this, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish going to Los Angeles, playing USC. Exactly. That's another one. Big so there's, time. There's so many possibilities after this week that could happen. I'd say the possibilities of everything going on or chaos is just slim to none, but it's college football Anything can happen. Like you said a few seconds ago, the kick six, that is a perfect example of college football. Anything can happen at any time. Ohio State wins. They go to the Big Ten Championship. They beat Northwestern. They're in. They're right there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Ooh, they're, they're indefinitely, they're, but they're right there. They're on the that's, cusp. That's close. Washington State, they win this game against Washington. That's another resume builder. Georgia upsets Bama. Are we going to have two SEC teams in the playoffs, Oklahoma, you already know what Kyler Murray brings to the table. He He's unreal. Yeah. Notre Dame, everybody expects them to take care of business against USC. They're in. Clemson, I, I would say that they're in. They're a lot. I would say so as well. And Michigan, obviously, the game, noon on Saturday. You can't. There's no room for error at this point. I think that's just the more moral of the story. No room for error. So, yeah. That pretty much covers everything we wanted to talk about today. Thank you guys for listening once again. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, as we did. And we're very grateful for you guys' continuous support. Make sure to check us out on social media, Instagram and Twitter, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you name it. Jake, good to see you. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, peace. <laughs>